Welcome to Chrome Country Farms. We got a new episode here. Uh, it is uh, Tim DiCarlo, uh, John Bertan, and Andy Crone on a Tuesday night again, July 19th. It's about 9.30 in the evening. Uh, we're going to talk about an event I self-imposed on myself uh, that I'm proud of. Um, and uh, it's a it's a marathon that uh, that I ran uh, in Florida. So um, give everybody a little background here. Uh, went on a vacation last June, and I was thinking, well, it would be really cool to run a marathon in every state in all 50 states because uh, I have a friend, Greg Forgot Forget, and uh, he's done like 20 something states and he's he does the official states and i just thought well that's that's a great idea but i don't know if i can do the official marathons and like the race entries and everything would be difficult but if i could just do the distance i would be okay with that and then and then i could document the distance for all the different states uh and so i did florida in june it was awful. It was like one of the hardest things I've ever done. <laughs> and my family thinks I'm nuts. So uh, June, what was it? I have my Strava here. I think it was the first, my first attempt, because there was two attempts here. And uh, please interrupt and ask questions, guys. Um, I just wanted to and say I agree with your family. It was a stupid idea. I can't believe you did it. <laughs> Let me let me ask. Um, where in Florida is this? Good. Okay. So, flew into Tampa on. Let's see. This is right before Father's Day. Uh, there we go. So we flew into Tampa on Saturday, June 18th, and you know it's like across the whole country. <laughs> You arrive, I don't know if anyone is familiar with like Florida and like the East Coast, but the it, it's not the temperature because the temperature was only, it says I started, and again, this is the start temperature because it was, it was in the high 90s when I finished. And this is my failure uh, race because we have to talk about the failure first. Uh, so what I have up right now, you have it titled as sauna running and I got the picture pulled up my my internet is slow, so I can't pull up a Google map right now. I kind of, where is Anna Maria Island relative to Maine Florida Peninsula? All right, so you go to Tampa, uh, which is like in the middle of the state on the left side. It's kind you of go. like in the Panhandle, and then you go on the Gulf Coast. Uh, so so we're we fly into Tampa, I, and I have it on the screen there. I don't know if you can see it. Fly into Tampa, and it's about an, an hour and a half drive. We rented this this uh, little car, you know, little Altima or something. And it's not a – is it a – do you have to take a boat to the island, or is it just a drive over a bridge? There are bridges there. Uh, okay. And so everything's a, totally flat, yep. So standard Florida uh, terrain, everything like that. I, I see the – Pictures of the houses in the neighborhood, but the, the picture that drew me in was your weather report, uh, your screenshot from your iPhone, Anna Maria Island, 87 degrees, partly cloudy, feels like 98 degrees. I like how <laughs> I have to tell you that in the caption <laughs> there, on it, humidity is making it feel hotter. It, uh, it felt the uh, other part about yeah. it, visibility, nine miles. That's some crap visibility. Oh, it was like a haze. Like I was running in this this haze. It's it's not a cloud. I, I can't describe it. It's like a it's just like a fog of heat because you're like running in moisture. Uh, but it's I not a fog, which is cool. It's just. <laughs> so you have a selfie. You have a hat that has a, a 
like a, a canopy hanging over the back. Your shirt looks definitely wet. The look on your face is a combination of confusion, frustration, anger. Um, at what point is that selfie taken? This is oh, I think I think Strava shows where. Uh, like if we zoom in on this, it's two it doesn't like matter. The loop, it's a three mile loop, as far as I can tell, right? That's true. Oh, it doesn't you show did pictures. Six loops that day. How many loops in were you when you took that picture? I was I was almost near quitting there. I was I was probably about two and a half hours in when I took the picture so because. That, that picture, I started pretty happy. Yeah, there's so there's so for the listeners, uh, there's this my Strava activity. I was you know just 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 uh, doing the miles like no problem. First mile eight twenty three. Okay, it's hot. I can deal with this. I started way too late. So first like issue fell apart at mile ten. Yeah, I started at seven forty eight a.m. Which for a marathon in Florida is stupid. On a flat? <laughs> Everything's totally flat. It's 100% flat. You can see the elevation. It's like three feet, six feet. You got some 15 minute miles on a flat. You got multiple. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so, John, here's what I want to show you. Okay, I went from eight-minute miles to nine-minute miles, eights, nines. I get to mile 10, it's getting a lot hotter. My core temp I could not control my core temperature no matter what kind of fluid I put on my body. So, like, check out my heart rate. Let's see. Uh, I get to 10. I'm oh, clearly God. walking. I'm walking right there. Oh. But every time I start running, it, like, jumps up. And then I walk. So so I'm I'm taking walking breaks. <laughs> Temperature, one of them says like 95, 97. Um is what is this temperature measurement from in Strava? I don't I don't know. But but what was happening was uh and these this heart rate is is general, but I was so hot I couldn't run. Because I'm running a 10-minute mile, okay, a 10-minute and 15-second mile, and my heart's at 146. I normally run at, like, I can run sub-120 at eight minutes or, like, yeah, high a, sevens on flat. <laughs> this is your, actually, that's actually about where I'd be at a 10-15 mile. <laughs> So, so I was experiencing exactly what Tim experiences, and I and I was like, oh, "This sucks so much. I'm gonna walk." <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I was like, I was so defeated because I was running, walking, running, walking, and then every time I would start running again, I was running so slow. Look at this one at the end, at mile 18. I was running yeah. a 15 minute mile. Okay, a 15, 25-minute pace, which is not even running. It's like shuffling. And my heart rate was 150. That right there told me I was done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're just thinking, at that point, you want to do the distance. You're not going for any pace records, not even when you start any of that. But you get 19 miles in, and seven miles, seven miles is... That's that's a good run. That's a good distance. That'd be what a little over two more laps of this course, right? I I was experiencing so much heat, John, that walking. I was I, I mean, look at my heart rate walking. Yeah, I can see my, it. I'm at 130, 120, yeah, 130 beats a minute walking. <laughs> so I was like I was just, I was just like melting the heat. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with the heat. I was, and, and there was also absolutely no support on this run. This was father's day, by the way. Um, so it was like, well, I, I wanted to do it, but I was, I, I, I didn't want to collapse because I was, because you can see my, my walking here at mile 14, uh, 
my heart rate's in the hundreds, but low hundreds. Uh, back here in mile, I don't know, what is that, 13? I'm walking, but it's in like 120s. But now I'm walking after mile 17, and I'm at 130 beats. So I'm walking. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. this is, you're, you're shutting this down because even walking is is too much for this. Like if you had well, kept, if you had yeah. kept going, it, it just I could have walked it out, but so there was two factors. I had the family who was like, "It's Father's Day. What are you doing?" Uh, and I'm like walking at 16 minute miles. So 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 there's also the math here. I got I'm doing 16 minute miles, and I have uh, how many more miles to go? I have eight more miles to go. So, so that's uh, two more hours at least at that. And, and I'm also like, my heart rate's really high for walking. <laughs> so I was like, I called it. I, I made it to 19 and I was texting. Was I texting you, Tim, during the race I don't know, or the, the run? No, we, I mean, we discussed it after. I don't remember if you were telling me during the run, but uh, I, I find this mind-boggling that you tried it again because I was I was looking at your paces and saying, "Wow, yeah, the wheels fell off around mile 12." Uh, I had no, we, you didn't show me all this heart rate information. If I had seen this, I'd have been like, "Well, lesson learned. <laughs> Try again next okay. month." <laughs> you, you pulled the plug, and it sounds like I pulled the plug because I was walking. Yeah. Health makes sense that what did you do in the days in between uh, <laughs> now it gets now it gets a little you crazy had saturday you did that was sunday and then you go at it again friday so what happens in between john he <laughs> ate healthy hydrated and just uh mentally right. yeah so so, I see so being a I see one big difference, but I'll I'll wait. So, okay, Sunday I ran the 19 miles. It took me three hours and 32 minutes to run 19 miles, which is just awful. I mean, it's like to go to go from basically a three-hour marathon to to being seven miles short in three and a half hours is is uh, pretty awful. And I wasn't like trying to go for time or anything, but it was it was pretty pretty miserable. Uh, so I took two days off, and I did it eight eight miles. Uh, felt pretty good two days. Wait, ago. what did you say? Nineteen miles, three hours and thirty two minutes. Yep. Okay, so I got to mile nineteen at at three hours. Oh, three hours and six minutes. On Sunday. Okay. Uh, but but you're 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 there for. Oh. That's that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I could have you know I could have finished this and I could have walked it. Fifty k trail race at altitude in heat, but still. Yeah. uh, I would have been, I would have been almost six hours to do a marathon. Yes. On on Sunday. and I, w- I was really getting heat heat issues like about noon oh so what did you feel like the next day uh felt fine once the worst was like for 20 minutes i came inside and i wanted to throw up and i couldn't i couldn't eat anything for like 20 minutes I was so my my core temperature was my if I took my temperature I'd probably be like 102 103. I had like a pounding headache and uh I couldn't eat anything. I was just so hot. Everything was just I was just it was just so miserable. You felt fine <laughs> the next day. I felt fine like after an hour. Oh. Uh, so so that, that that's kind of a tick in the box for you pulled the plug. You pulled the plug well before 
you were actually doing any damage to yourself. It sounds like so much of it then, that's a tick in the box for I think that the mental side was what was really like what you were being confronted because yeah, I was I was drinking a lot of water so now you're fading out a little bit. so when did you run again all right so Sunday was my first attempt on Father's Day and I just didn't have five and a half hours to finish a marathon and my temperature was so high okay so I ran again on Wednesday and I ran eight miles on Wednesday. I felt great. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at Wednesday, June 22nd, 720 miles. Uh, I went out early. It was much cooler out. Yeah, it was only 79 degrees. The humidity was much better. Oh, there was a big rainstorm the night before. Oh, so, that, that cleared the air. So, so the, the humidity broke. So now this is normal running for me. I'm like, it was hot, but I could deal with it. Uh, so I'm like, I got some 650s in there, a 640. Uh, I was cooking. Felt great. So that was like, I'm back. Okay. And and it was the exact same loop. So, so I did the same loop. Like, I don't know. A lot. Okay. Why didn't you, like, go in and out of blocks just to break up the uh, monotony? After I did this, the I, I think it's like a hamster and a wheel. After I did it uh, however many times the first time, uh, I started to recognize people in their front yards. Mm-hmm. And I started to, to see certain things. Like, um, I don't know, there's particular houses I liked. I don't know. I just I and so I just stuck with it. The track, <laughs> it's like running on a track. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. you're doing a route. When you're running on a track, it's the same thing. You are not running on a track for sight. You are running on it for the distance and the time. I get it. When we Andy, we've done loop courses. We did a, a loop marathon a year and a half ago. Oh, Vendola. Uh, yeah, one point two mile loop. Yeah, that was great. I love that, and and it had a little little undulation, like a little up and yeah. down. Yeah, and we did a a ten mile loop course, ten laps around a one mile neighborhood. And so, there was one thing about the. Oh, oh, sorry, John. I was just gonna say when you when you have a loop that works and you can lock into just the rhythm of what you've set your you know created for yourself that makes sense when you start changing it up i can see that could actually mess with you especially later in the race or not race but your self-imposed event my self self-imposed event there was a pier so so we're talking wednesday june 22nd oh june 22nd 2022 2222 yeah um there was a pier uh, that was kind of cool that I ran out to. Um, I, I was just checking it out. There was people fishing, and they were catching some stuff. So this was this was a very chill, relaxing. I ran for exactly one hour. I wanted to see how far I ran in one hour, like when I felt good. So that was uh, Wednesday, early morning. And then, um, uh, let's see go fast forward i think i ran thursday i'm not sure let's see we got wednesday oh no i took thursday off and then okay here it is so let me back up a little everybody started getting sick in the house uh around wednesday so we had some like bad sushi or something or was the water i i don't know I started to feel that on Thursday night, but I ignored it. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do my run. <laughs> I got I got up at 4.30. That's uh, the biggest difference I noticed. So so I, I started running at 4.54. Uh, I wanted to start running before 5 a.m. was my goal. And that was the key. And so I took off 
look, the first mile I ran a 722 because I was just like, I gotta, I gotta do this marathon. Um, and I, th- I think maybe John, maybe Tim could, could understand. I just really had to complete this. Um, <laughs> yeah. and it went pretty smooth. Uh, I mean, I had some 12s when it, it was all heat. It was all heat related. It, oh, this was, this was hotter than it Looking was on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. This was actually hotter than oh, Sunday. Yeah. But I started earlier, and you can see how I slowed down. Uh, so I went from eights and nines, and you slowed. Everybody slows down, like after eighteen or twenty, a little bit. But I slowed down a lot. Yeah, and but so not, my, that's a normal place to slow down in the thirty k mark. Uh, so let's check on my heart rate. But also, even though you slowed down, you slowed down very consistently. It's not like, like, I've seen they're all in, like, the 1230s. It's not like you had, like, a 1230, then a 1430, then a, you know, it was very consistent. And I'm looking at my heart rate. There, I can tell there was some walks, run, walk, run. Because uh, I was trying, I was really concerned I was not going to collapse. I did not want to get rescued because I had no support here. So what like nobody <laughs> What's that? What did you do for logistics? What was your aid station? Oh, let's look at the picture. This is wow. my aid station right here. The picture. Yeah. This was so my aid station. Uh that oh, it's a Camry. That's our rental car. Uh <laughs> you can see I have some Gatorades there on the ground. Uh, and is that where you I were had... staying? Yeah, that's that's the house we were staying in. Okay. And that was exactly, you know, one loop. And so I would drink. I would. Oh, I was running with my Camelback. See that on the ground? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't start with the Camelback. I put the Camelback on maybe mile 10. And then um, <clears throat> there's a salt shaker there, if you can make it out. I was taking salt from a salt shaker and just Smart. pouring it into my hand and, and licking it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, pistachios, <laughs> mangoes. Uh, did you have any goose? Um, no, I ran out of goose from the last attempt because I only brought five goose because I only need five goose for a marathon. So I was goose like, no oh, goose. I'll just bring five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had no goo, but I had mango. Uh, and uh, oh, I had a I had a Coca Cola. Um, but I were, I couldn't really eat much. It it was hot, it was pretty hot, but but I got it done. Coca-Cola, actually, that man, the Coca Cola could have uh, could have had like an ice block. Oh, a frozen Coca Cola Camelback. If you ever go out and try this again, it was so so so. John will know this. I don't know if Tim relates to it, but. It was entirely, it was all about heat. It had nothing to do with running. Like, the running was secondary from, like, heat management for the whole race or the whole event. Well, what happens with heat, so, so much of your body's circulation is then going to cooling yourself down. And there are some key places that you really want to cool yourself down. One of them, your neck. I mean... Really what's happening is when you're stressing your body and you're doing it in conditions that are hot and humid and your body can't cool itself down, your body's trying to keep your brain cool. You don't want your, like, that's really the number one thing your body's preventing from overheating. It, all resources are going to keep that brain cool. So if you can cool your head, cool your neck, and that's why I'm seeing more of these products out there for runners and endurance athletes in heat where you put some kind of cooling pack or fill a, a, this uh, pouch with ice that you can strap on the back of your neck, that helps a lot. The um, other part of it, since you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to divert all these resources away to cooling yourself, anything you're eating, um, it doesn't, it's not the most efficiently digested. So that's the yeah. feedback. When you overheat, you can't keep food down 
and your body just wants to expel it, which is where the nausea and people puking and heat comes from. And then when you can't keep food down, you can't get the calories down or the fluids, the salts, mm-hmm. electrolytes, any of that. And it's just this negative feedback loop. So anything you can do in heat to prevent that negative, that vicious cycle is so, always So, fun. John, have you ever experienced... So I could, you're right. I could not eat the mango or the pistachios. I started, I had a couple bites, like the first five or six miles were like no big deal. And I was snacking. It was just, I was having fun. You know, I was like, this is super easy. And I was just making sure my heart rate, I had 130 <laughs> as my heart rate limit. Cause I, I knew if the heart rate crept up into the one fifties, I'd be in trouble in the heat. But have you ever had, incredible headaches after running in heat think back no yeah i I, so i finished and maybe i shouldn't broadcast this but i finished i had this incredible headache for like a couple hours and then it it went away but (laughs) i don't know that's not in that, that makes total sense the the heat thing and i realized it was heat and then once i realized what heat was doing i made some changes to my approaches so for a few years i was getting this nausea in the middle of races and feeling pukey in a couple races i i was puking realizing that i was pushing too hard and not adapting my nutrition for direct heat and sun exposure for how hard i was pushing in the the sun and the heat i made some nutrition and wardrobe uh tweaks and i haven't felt pukey in a race in many many years and it was really well john here the wardrobe changes actually a lot of it because the sun exposure actually does it too so that's where my hair is long i keep it over my neck and ears i always have a hat on and if it's really, really sunny and I'm not in shade, I actually run with these white arm sleeves that I try to keep as wet as possible. And that keeps the sun off my skin. And it's this, if I can keep them wet, then I get this evaporative cooling from those arms. So I've run 50 miles. Actually, yeah, I use these in 100 milers too. Where in the middle of the day, it's like, all right, let's pull these arm sleeves on. And let every aid station I'm taking, they'll often have like a bucket of water with a sponge. And I'm just making sure my hat and sleeves are soaked. But it's that it's definitely just keeping the core temp as cold and cool as possible. Getting out of the sun when possible. Because if you can keep calories down um, without puking them up and keep your electrolyte balance okay you can go faster. You can't go as fast as you would say if, you know, temperatures were, you know, much more ideal, but still a lot faster than say 15 minute miles on a flat. <laughs> That's smart. I, I, I remember you doing TRT a couple of years ago and, um, there was, there was a broken f- or foot issue, but like there was this guy at the aid station at the, like the 50 miler and he was bright red and he was like one of the top five or something but he just i'm sure he just like i mean he was probably used to training in cool weather and yeah he was bright red from sunburn and there's just yeah the altitude uv the altitude the oh and and even i was burned in boston um and I didn't think I'd get burned because I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be done with the race at like 10, 30, 11 a.m., uh, which I was wrong because it was it's a late start. And so I really suffered because like all that I don't I don't normally, you know, just absorb all of that sun. 4.54 start this round and say 5 a.m. You did four and a half hours. So you're finishing at 930. Mm hmm. That right? It was still, it was still the hottest day of the week. Um, it's still a huge difference though, because the sun at 9:30 a.m. Mm-hmm. is very different 
from the sun at 11.30 a.m. So different. So different. Yeah. So tell me about tell me about the loop. And as oh, you're... Oh, I should have done a video of the loop. Oh, so... Well... It's so interesting, right? Because like... It's into your brain, I bet. Yeah, you have all these really wealthy people that have vacation homes. Um, but they don't live in the vacation homes. It's kind of like Tahoe in a way. Like like maybe by Squaw, right? You have these... like There's like $10 million homes. And so I'm running around. There's these amazing mansion homes like on the beach. And it's very Florida. I think I took a picture of a truck. Um, yeah, so it's just... It's very... Uh, Okay, I'm on Zillow on the loop at the tip of Anna Maria <laughs> Island there. I see okay. a place for sale for oh, $4.997 million. Five yeah, that's a, that's a deal. Yeah. 2,900 square feet. That's, uh, that's a small one. Rise. These, are, uh, these, these are some Marin County california prices john i have no idea i think east coast people are a little slow they don't understand that like the east coast is miserable and the weather is terrible and like there are much nicer places you can live and like the weather is much nicer for most of the year and so i think i saw a place for eight million dollars and i was like you couldn't pay me to live there because it's so miserable. Five million. That's four bedroom, three bath, twenty one hundred square feet. Oh, I, I'm getting <laughs> own shots of the island, so I'm I'm getting a better sense of where you're running here. You do have a beach, literally in your backyard. The the thing that goes through my mind though, when I was seeing the pictures you had posted of this area, it's things that I think about when I go to places like Hawaii or any tropical locale. I just think damn, that humanity wreaks havoc on a house. You're going to have to replace all that siding in a couple of years. That's the, be- the beach there, so endorsement for Anna Maria, the, be- the beach is incredible. beach is beautiful. It's like, I guess the quartz from, where would that be? Wherever quartz comes from, like becomes like the white sand, and it's a really nice beach. So I'd recommend the beach, not the weather. Um, and not the flight to Tampa. <laughs> but the people are very friendly. It's kind of like island town, you know. Kind of reminded me of uh, Hawaii a little bit. People drive golf carts around. It was, it was a good one. So, so on this on this loop, were there certain parts of the loop that were mentally harder than others? Like I can envision, like you head out that first, that first turn, you refresh at your little self-imposed aid station, and then and as you get to like the far side of it, you're thinking, oh, I, I need to restock. Like, t- take me on like <laughs> on the, the the mental ups and downs of the loop. All right, so hold on, I want to, so so I'm gonna zoom in right now, so you guys can see where I'm, where what are, where I'm, where we are. So, where's my aid station? Oh, there it is. Aid station is at 420 Magnolia Avenue, Anna Maria Island in Florida. Okay, so I got my aid station here. That's, uh, you can see all those little squiggly lines. And you go down, it's, it's pretty uh, middle class down Magnolia. And then you get to the main road, you turn right at Gulf. There's a little convenience store, which my only endorsement ever for Crone Country Farms is going to be the Gatorade Electrolyte. Uh, it tastes like Pedialyte, but they sold it at this corner store. And I stopped there and got like two bottles of the um, the Gatorade. Uh, I would run a lap and then I would get like a Gatorade of the Electrolyte replacement. It's great. But that was, that was later on. So you go down Gulf Drive. So I hang a ride at Gulf Drive. This is like a main street. Uh, Gulf Drive turns 
on the coconut. And then North Shore is where you start to get to the crazy expensive houses. And on the corner of, where is it? Uh, I want to say Cyprus and North Shore. There's some ridiculous mansion that's empty. Nobody lives there. It's probably some like stock trader in New York or something. Um, <laughs> so, so I cruise down. It's all kind of residential shaded. But what happens, John, is as I get up to um, the first loop, I lose my wind or the slight breeze. There was like a two mile an hour breeze to my face. So now on the going back, I have no breeze because I'm running with the wind. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. So so now I'm I've done this loop on North Shore. This backside was awful. So hard. Cause I'm like, I have no I have no way to cool. Cause you've lost cooling. So so everything's great. And you can even see in my my splits. I go up, I go up to this you know, the top of this loop, everything's okay. And I'm on the backside of the island, no breeze, no breeze at all. So I'm just dying. Uh, it's just so freaking hot. Um, and I just, this then, and if you look at my splits, this is also where I had some walking breaks. Cause it was, it was, I mean, so hot. I could easily run in like 115 degree temperature if it was dry. <laughs> like at, at like a, really slow pace but this was just you could there's no cooling at all so you get worried because you're like well i'm really sweating hard and i'm not exerting any energy and i'm sweating harder and harder uh so then you run by this park here there's um some interesting white trash in this park at anna marie anna maria bayfront park uh that's also where i saw that really uh, jacked up Florida pickup truck, which is kind of cool. Here's the elevation, the only I, elevation. Rental car. <laughs> What's that? I the truck was a rental car. <laughs> I thought that's why you took the picture of it. I thought that was your rental. That would be awesome. It's a it's a bright purple and like white jacked up pickup truck. I don't. It's just very Florida. Yeah. Um, it it starts to cool off. A, well, as soon as I take this turn here back on the Magnolia, I have a little bit of breeze and it's only like a quarter mile or so to the aid station. So this back, this back stretch was the misery, John. So <laughs> it was, it was all about that back stretch. Um, and just dreading having to do it every every lap. And I think it was 10 laps. But um how long how how long was one lap? Uh 2.6 and about yeah. Okay, so how many laps did I do? Let's count them. We got 1 2 Wait, let me just start over. I certainly One, hope you made a strava segment for the actual lap three, you did. Four. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Five, <laughs> six, uh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's ten. Um, I did. I did do a map my run on the loop before I even went out there, and I was like, "This is going to be the loop." Because this times 10 is 26, about 26. And I had to run to get the 26.2. I just had to run like a couple hundred yards. Did. Yeah. So you finished it. How did you feel after this? Oh, so please, uh, if you have children, please... Uh, <laughs> have them go away from the microphone and uh don't listen to the next next part i'll give you give you a couple seconds for your children to leave the room all right <laughs> three two one okay i had massive diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> because 
because I was running, I was running with the uh, the stomach bug, but I was just ignoring it. I was like, ah, oh, that's not an issue, because I didn't have to, I didn't have to go like the whole run. But then, um, yeah, just took over, um, and it was awful. <laughs> that had to stop the you rest. Take a break. So you took no breaks, no pit stop during the run. No, um, I didn't have to pee, surprisingly, because I was sweating out of every, you know, part of my body. So uh, even though I was drink, I drank, I want to say I drank a couple gallons of water in four and a half hours. I probably drank two gallons of water. Wow. And all the Gatorades? Well, that was probably part of it. I mean... So I filled up the Camelback twice. That's, uh, what, 100 ounces or something? Plus the Gatorades. Yeah, so probably more than that. It was just constant fluid, constant sweating. Now, how did you feel the day after this? Awful. I thought I I was going to die because it was the stomach's problem. It wasn't the legs or the body. It was like... Not the legs. Because that's actually, in terms of the span from a Sunday to a Friday, you get a 19-miler, and then Friday you get a 26-miler. That's um, Those are some closely spaced long runs, especially for a casual self-imposed set of long runs. <laughs> you know, John, it wasn't it wasn't a run. I, I, I think, did I mention? I, this was not a run. And I don't consider this a run. This was a heat ex- a heat cooling exercise. Uh, and so was the uh, the Sunday attempt. It was all just like trying to keep my body cool. Because if this was... If I showed up to Florida and it was 55 degrees um, and I was running 10-minute miles, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I could do a marathon um and yeah i'd be a little tired but i wouldn't be like i wouldn't be about to collapse and having to call it in so now this this is a i got i got serious question and not so serious question serious question big question first do you feel doing something like this you your body your brain rallies in a different way than had you been wearing a bib number and you had paid for the event and it was an actual. Absolutely. I, I think, I think I learned about myself on this a lot because, okay, yes, I'm very stubborn and yes, I'm a little OCD, a very OCD, but I found great pride and like satisfaction in coming up with something on my own, doing it, failing, and then trying again. And I was, I mean, yeah, you, you complete an event, you get the bib and the, and the medal and the shirt, but doing it on your own entirely with all of these obstacles, it made it that much more, I mean, Failing and then doing something is so much more satisfying than just like, oh, I trained, I did it, and I, I'm done. Uh, and it was like, I also, I had everything against me. <laughs> I had the stomach bug, I had the heat, um, you know, and like, to be fair, my family was right to say, what are you doing? You're going to kill yourself. Um, you should be like hanging out and relaxing with us, which they were totally right to say that. Um, but I was, uh, you know, I'm stubborn, so I'm was really happy with uh, completing it. It's, it's it's one of those things I'll remember forever. Like the whole trip, like I remember the kids at the beach and stuff, but um, this will be this will go down for. As one of the the great marathons I've ever done. 
I think a lot of the, what you said I, I, I find very interesting because um, I agree with your family. Like, if you had said, okay, I'm going to be there for a week, and then somewhere near the end of the week I'm going to try this marathon, and you did it, I would have been like, wow, awesome. That's very impressive. And it is very impressive. But, like, after you did fail the first time, like, you know, how many stories, like, oh, faced his limit and fell down, but he got back up again. And it's inspirational. But at the same time, uh, I was like, well, you tried. Didn't work. Let's go water skiing. You know, like, that's what I would have been, you know. (laughs) So... You know, bigger people than me would quit and be okay with it. Uh, that's I really think that. Like, like it takes a really adult, grown-up person to say, "Okay, I didn't do it. No big deal. I'll just I'll do it some other time." <laughs> but but I'm not that grown up, so I, so I tried again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean it, it's funny because I border between that's awesome that you did it and your family was right andy wow why why did you do that (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm like on the fence both ways i see both sides (laughs) let let me ask uh, so on on this this is the other question that i had um had you started at 5 a.m on your first attempt would things have been different i think so I think I think I would have been able to finish um, like well there was the the, the number of hours uh, you didn't and, have and a like, like that day either yeah I think I think if I started at five but I was I was on west coast time so 5 a.m is like three hours later um, on <laughs> and that and that means the sun is three hours higher or your race, or your self-imposed event, as we're calling it. So that that's another, that's the biggest change that I see in terms of logistics. Like that, that's huge. A three-hour difference. I wonder if you just, your body maybe acclimated a little bit, just enough to push you over it the did. edge. Yeah, it did. The second time around, you knew what you had to do to succeed. I, I I would wonder, I mean, and this is like one of these rhetorical questions, but if you had just started at the right time the first time, I don't, I, I wonder how much of a difference that would have made because you didn't know what you didn't know, so to speak. Well, I underestimated the, uh, the heat. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'll start around eight. That's fine. I can run a marathon. That's not too hard. <laughs> Um, but it was, it, I mean, that, that was unreal heat, just, just brutal. So I, I don't know, you know, I heard Meb Kofleski lives in Tampa, so I'm sure he trains in the same type of thing, but he's, he's like retired now and stuff, but, um, that's, that's no joke. You, yeah. you, if you can train, this is, this is much harder. It's a different component than like. There's altitude training, um, you know, there's heat training, uh, and then there's, like, perfect weather Marin training, which, uh, yeah, it's nice and enjoyable. So, I, I think the biggest thing I see here is it, it's, it's an exercise in problem solving. You yeah. started something out, and you realized you hadn't thought about all the puzzle pieces. But you knew that they weren't, this wasn't a problem that was outside of your purview, that was outside of your scope and capability. But you, 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 you knew immediately when, I think that picture on the first one of your Strava uh, entry of sauna running says the, the, the confusion and simultaneous frustration in that selfie was i'm not done with this i i can solve this puzzle i just got to rearrange the pieces i know what to do here let me just step back and think about it (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was just saying that that's exactly what I see too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. That's a uh, that's that's nice of you to say. That's uh, and that that's the the mindset that I think every I've seen it written about. I've heard it discussed in the the ultra and trail mindset as it's a bunch of problem solving you have a plan but what are you going to do when things aren't going according to your plan how are you going to salvage this so you can finish what you set out to do and yeah you're just trying to put one foot in front of the other and for an arbitrary distance and yet it's still an exercise for the brain and the body and the spirit to figure out how to solve the problem, which I think translates to so many other things. And I knew that that you you knew you had the problem solved. You just had something out of order. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, you nailed it, John. I'm I'm uh, I'm happy I'm able to do these things and. Uh, my family puts up with me. <laughs> hey, All right. Brother. I hear you on that. I on think that, uh, my family's putting up with this. Well, they're probably asleep right now. It's, it's getting <laughs> late. Um, if it wasn't Tuesday, I would stay up. We could talk longer. Um, but uh, I got to go to bed soon. Uh, yeah, I'm like. I just I I really enjoyed the whole um, idea of it, and like it like you said, arbitrary distance, self-imposed. Um, I think there's some podcasts that's like you can do hard things type of thing, but it's like, you know, what are we here for? We're we're, we're here to, we're here to uh, experience and push our limits. Like, why not? Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I don't need to get all philosophical. So, but thank you, John, and thank you, Tim, and I'll uh, sign off on the uh, recording here. Nice work. I gave you kudos on both.